You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. In today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Andy Shaw, marketing strategist, improv comedian, and badass dad who also happens to be a new book author too. Andy believes in evening the playing field in the game of parenthood so that dads can be seen as and be equals to moms. He's got words of wisdom for dads and for us moms to help the dads, so be sure to stay tuned through this episode. Drop us your thoughts on social media, and without further ado, welcome Andy. Hey, everybody. Always glad to be (laughs) here. Andy, I am so stoked to be chatting with you again today on Thrive, and I say again because we've met before in person at a conference a few years back, so really stoked that you're here. Um, Can we just hop right in with you giving us your story because it's really cool and really fun and I can't wait to hear it right now. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's like, where do you you even begin? Because I've got like this weird, crazy life. So um, (laughs) uh, I'm a dad of three. Um, I I never expected to be a dad of three in part because I've got twins um, and there are no twins in our family. So what we thought was like, oh, we'll try to have two. We ended up with three um so oops. yeah oops um a bit more um kids everywhere um my wife and i uh met actually when i interviewed her for a story i was a newspaper reporter i interviewed her for a story oh that's and, fun right right um funny enough like we can't even find the story that i interviewed her for can't find it anywhere um it was for a story right? a story like quote-unquote story yeah it just sound like i was like stalking her or something <laughs> um so we became best friends and the best friend thing led to us um deciding we want to take our theater background and form an improv troupe um like improv like whose line is it anyway which i and, love Ugh. yeah so we've been doing that the, um our troops at oxymorons we've been all over the mid-atlantic uh doing semi-professional improv for about nine years now. Um, And that helped us hang out a lot. And one thing led to another, and now we've got three kids. Um, So the moral of the story is, if you're a newspaper reporter who does improv, you're going to have three kids. That's just how that goes. It sounds about Um, right. Right, it sounds about right. Um, But as I became a dad, I realized that there is a ton of info out there about moms, but not a lot about being a dad or it's some of it's like this pandering stuff. It's like, uh, Hey, it's really nice if you pitch in once in a while. (laughs) And right. So I started to realize I could maybe help contribute to the conversation because there's so much pressure put on moms. It's crazy. Um, and there's double standards left and right, um, that I see like what's expected of my wife and what's expected of me. Um, so part of me becoming a dad, has turned into me trying to be an advocate uh, for involved parents, especially helping dads feel like they can get more involved. That's awesome. I love that. Well, we're going to hop into all the parenting stuff in a hot sec since that's what your book is all about too. But I'm really curious, and I'm sure listeners are probably curious about this too. How the heck did you get started in improv comedy and what is it like running 
the troop with your wife? Because like, is that like running a business or working together? Or is this more of like a fun hobby you guys have on the side? Because I mean, you guys are semi-professional. Hmm. You're the real deal here. Yeah. Um, that's it must be really question. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't ever tell somebody that you do comedy. Cause then they will immediately say, tell me a joke. Yeah. I'm tell like, us a joke. Not- that's not how that works. Like I'm not like a puppet that like makes you know, <laughs> put in a quarter like, and see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, I was. I will say this: that my kids, uh, my daughters are four and my son's six, and they tell me jokes that I'm supposed to put into my quote unquote routine. Oh. Um, none of them are good. They are really bad knock knock jokes with no punchline. So. Uh, with I'm two not... parents who are comedians, you would yeah. think they would know better. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for their comedy <laughs> career. Um, so my wife and I and several of our friends have done theater for a long time. But as we, my my wife and I were at that point just good friends, but we we're realizing we didn't want to commit to all the practice schedule of theater because it's like every night, right? Mm-hmm. And tech rehearsals and all that stuff, which can be great, but it's like months on end. And we really like to make people laugh and entertain. And we just thought, why don't we try to do improv? So we started... Um, Sarah, uh, Sarah and I started basically knocking on doors of bars and theaters and whatever, and just saying, can we do a show here? Um, acting like we've done tons of shows, but we had not done any. And we started, we started, we we were way too confident and we started booking some shows and then once you start booking some shows and you can start booking more shows, uh, we've now done hundreds, one hundreds at comedy clubs, colleges, large and small corporation, you know, dinner parties, all that kind of stuff. Um, it is awesome to work beside my wife because it, every, every time we do it together, it's like a date night, except I get to watch my wife make a whole bunch of people laugh and just makes her even more awesome because she's incredibly funny. Um, so it's a, I can recommend it if you're the kind of person who can, uh, separate business and <laughs> your relationship too. Like what's a business conversation and what's not. Right. But that's that's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how do you guys handle that then separating the business side from the relationship side? So one way we separate it is understanding what you're good at, what you're not good at. Mm. Um, so that we don't have opinions, um, that, that can actually like come off as like not helpful at all. So in a, like a regular like marriage, um, you're constantly having conversations of like what you should do around the house with the kids or with whatever household budgets um and that sets a lot of people with equal opinions but the business stuff some people are experts on things and some people aren't my wife is fantastic at uh, working on business contracts at uh, nailing down um new opportunities for us because she used to do that professionally like she worked at a college and helped book acts and everything so she knows how to do it uh, meanwhile i'm really at the marketing side of things and helping to figure out a little bit more about the performance because i MC. so I don't try to tell her what to do. She's not trying to always tell me how to do things. And that helps out a lot. Conversation and communication. Yeah. Both of which are also so huge for parenting in general, as mm-hmm. we both know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of parenting, um, yeah. you are obviously a huge advocate for involved parenting and particularly for dads. So where did this come from? Like, why do you think some dads are hesitant to help more or have a bad rap in the parenting world like where do you think this stems from okay so uh let me give you a good example so i was watching cheaper by the dozen like the movie with steve martin and bonnie hunt yeah um 
And before you become a parent, you can watch that kind of movie and just like watch like the hijinks and the kids like causing all these problems and like Ashton Kutcher's in it randomly. Um, and also everybody looks so young now, but that's fine. Um, so you're watching it and it's on Disney plus now. So it's easy to watch. And they're like, okay, like it's just like a fun family movie. And then you watch it from the parents angle and you start to realize how much imbalance is happening in a movie like that. The expectations of the guy who is supposed to go after his big, you know, lifelong career. If you know the movie, he's trying to be a big football coach. And then the mom has an uh, opportunity to work on her book, like this big opportunity and he is expected to watch the kids for a few days and everything completely falls apart, but for humor, right? Like, oh, here's a dad who can't handle it all because the mom's left, um, which is not fair to her. And essentially she puts her book tour on hold because he can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can even look at um, Mr. Holland's Opus, uh, which I mentioned in my book that Mr. Holland's Opus, again, it's a similar kind of thing where Richard Dreyfuss's character is a dad who gets overwhelmed a lot, which is perfectly understandable, but he kind of wants to put off being a parent and just focus on his job. And the mom's expected to pick up the slack and she's supposed to be the emotional support too. Um, you can look at tons of examples like that. There's so many sitcoms where it's like the slapstick dad who can't do anything right and the mom is like the one who's like okay well this is how we're supposed to do things and takes parenting more seriously i guess um that is not to say that those can't be funny and that there aren't elements of that because men and women look at things differently it is more that that's how a lot of us start to understand parenting as we grow up you have your own parents as examples whatever your parenting situation is but we soak up a lot of that stuff so that starts to add up over the years so that uh, young girls are handed babies a lot. Like if there's a baby around, you hand it to the young girl, but you don't often see like the young boy in the room also like, hey, do you want to hold the baby? Nobody asks the, the boy that. Um, girls do babysitting more often. I think that's, that's easy to say, right? Um, so if that's the case, which is the way our society is, by the time uh, women are at child, childbirth ages, like in their, let's say, 20s or 30s, they've had lots of opportunities to be around young kids that maybe guys haven't and also thought about it more. They've been told, what do you want to be a mom? What's it going to be like? That doesn't happen for guys nearly as much. So it's a huge shock to their system mm. when they become dads more often than not. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And it's like, I think of even my brother, for example, cause he's a couple years younger than me and I don't think he listens to my podcast so I can rag on him for a hot second. <laughs> Michael, if you're listening, I love you so much. But I mean, when we, when we had Olivia, he was cold, He was like, what do I do with it? And I'm like, well, first off calling it, it is maybe <laughs> where you want to not, maybe you want to shift. That. It's not an it. Yeah. It's this not is not a it. dog. It's a she. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, you're right though, because he had no experience growing up or no interaction with babies or even just kids in general. So then you're handed this little newborn and you're like, uh, what do I do? Uh, <laughs> so, and you're totally right. It's like a shock system. And even in the fact that women are carrying a baby for nine months where you just have some sort of physical bonding or some sort of mental preparation of like, okay, this is happening. Something is happening. I'm at least growing like a basketball in the front of me. Mm-hmm. So like something is coming. Yeah. Whereas are, dad's is just like, here's your child. Congratulations. There it is. This is yours now. Um, there's, there are biological um, reactions that happen with a mom that she, yeah. like she physically changes. So she mm-hmm. can be connected to the baby in a way that dad's physically can't do. 
they just can't do it. So there are dads who you'll find they're all in right away. And there are other dads, and I was one, uh, where it took my son being born and then me holding him for a bit and getting used to him for me to bond in that way. And the bonding is a thing that helps you get through the nights where you don't sleep an hour. The bonding is a thing that um, makes you want to go the extra mile to uh, to take the baby for a long walk when they're crying and not just like, I can't do this right now. It's the bonding, right? So even with all this in mind, I will say it's still on guys to step up anyway. It is like you can only take like, well, society isn't really setting me up for this. You still have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But we do have to acknowledge it's different and then mm-hmm. have that conversation. Totally. So, I mean, you and I have talked before about how dads can get credit essentially for doing next to nothing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, congratulations. You you watched the baby for an hour all by yourself. Wow. But dads aren't babysitters. They're just as much of a parent as moms. So what do you wish all guys could know before finding themselves in the role of fatherhood? And obviously we don't know how many dudes are here listening in, um, but maybe the ladies in the house can pass along a good word to their fellows from whatever you have here as advice for the guys. That's, that's like pass on a little word, uh, maybe like a passive aggressive note you can just yeah. write down. I heard this hot um, tip funny. somewhere on my favorite podcast. <laughs> Um, the idea that dads aren't babysitters is, um, actually part of it. There's a national movement for that. I go to a dad blogger conference. There's a dad blogger conference. First well, of all, that's awesome. Yeah. We just all like, we wear flannel and beards. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, anyway, so there's a movement about that because if you view dads as babysitters and I'm not just talking people in the family, but externally too. So if, Somebody walks up to you at Kohl's, which has happened to me, and said, oh, that's so nice you're taking the kids out and giving mommy a break. Oh, boy. Like, what the heck? Like, (laughs) giving her a break? Like, she's not clocking in and out. And also, (laughs) I'm also their their dad. Like, that counts for something. Did you – what did you say in the moment when that happened to you? So, Mike, like – Everything. Um, I said next to nothing at the moment. It had all these great zingers in the car ride on the way home. <laughs> you know, like, oh, like you never say it right in a moment. Um, but I do, when possible, um, try to make sure I gently correct people of, like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, no, I'm their dad and I'm just taking them out. Um, but moms, moms and dads should be viewed equally in that sense. Um, doesn't mean everybody does the exact same thing, but you can't look at it as, oh, dad's uh, doing something nice by taking the, the kid out to the grocery store so the mom doesn't have to do it. It's his kid. Like, <laughs> he lives there too. He should have to do those things. So if I'm thinking about what guys wish they knew before they became dads is that everything you might have thought fatherhood is, it's going to transform. It's not going to be what you think. It's not just waiting for the kid to be old enough to play catch in the backyard. Um, It's not about like uh, throwing them in the air and doing like all those types of things. Like I can throw my kids in the air all day long. I love that. And it's something I get to do, although it's harder and harder as they get bigger. Um, But there's so much of the emotional component that you don't know about being a dad. Um, Dads just cry. Like I cry more now than I ever did before becoming a dad. Um, (laughs) Just like randomly, sometimes I'm just like, everybody's growing up so fast, you know? <laughs> uh, it's weird. Sometimes you're just watching a movie that you never cared about before, and now you get a little tear in your eye over it, so. 
It's legit. It's legit. Yeah. So talk to us mamas in the house then. From the guy's perspective, what do you wish that we knew? So one is that I think even if guys don't say it, they appreciate more than they let on. Um, I think there's a lot. All this is like a general speak here, but I think guys are so in awe of what moms pull off on a day-to-day basis and they don't say it all the time. Uh, but for a lot of dads, I know, like, like, how are they even doing this right now? How are they keeping up with all the things that are asked of them? They just don't say it a lot. But because of that, it's actually a double-edged sword because moms are, like, kicking butt left and right. But then a dad who's already kind of like, I don't know, even, like, what do you do with it? As you said, like, what do you do with this thing? Um, they're looking at a mom who's, like, nursing, for example, um, and everything looks natural. And I know it's nursing is not the easiest thing in the world. Like it's could be incredibly tough from everything I've gathered. Um, but they're looking at that like, okay, so she's literally feeding our kid. She's got the diaper sink down. She's figured out what clothes are going to do. I don't know, know what to do. They don't want to look bad as if like they can't keep up. So for a lot of guys that could turn into not trying because guys really want to be looked at as uh, competent and capable. And in fatherhood, you're just not, you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> Just like moms will say, like, you're just going to look dumb sometimes. You're just figuring stuff out. Um, so I think the most important thing for, for moms to know then is that if you can get that conversation happening to let them acknowledge that they might be freaked out or that they might not know how to do things and then say at the same time, hey, it might look like I know what I'm doing. I don't. Um, it might look like I have it all together. I'm just piecing this uh, together the best I can that might help him feel more at ease that he's going to be allowed to screw up and not so much that he's worried you might judge him. It could even be, he has high expectations for himself. Like he might see other dads out there who just seem like they're crushing it. He's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's a lot of vulnerability there that he might not have had to deal with before. I don't know if you know this guys are not great about talking about emotions. No. So (laughs) what? What? Uh, This is shocking to me. Um, (laughs) This could be tough. And uh, here's another shocking thing. Um, There aren't a lot of guys who are just like grabbing a beer together and say, so uh, Dave, uh, how's, uh, how are you doing mentally with this becoming a dad thing? Are you going through some, some tough times? Yeah. Does it remind you of your own childhood? Like we don't talk about that, but that doesn't happen. So would you say then that you think, pride might be one of the bigger roadblocks to dads doing more as yeah parents. it's yeah so it's a combination of pride and a general lack of knowing what to do because there isn't a manual as we all know um but since they haven't really thought about it much ahead of like maybe six months before they became a dad it's not like they've had a lot of prep time to really figure this stuff out mm-hmm well, there might not be a resource, but there is Instafather Andy in the house. So, so there's there's something. Honestly, a little promo for you there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's that's half of what it is. It's just explaining like here's some of the mental challenges you might have to yeah. deal with, um, because nobody really talks about that side of it. So, what advice would you give to new moms out there who maybe aren't sure how to create roles in the house in this new sort of situation that they're in, or maybe who just feel totally swallowed whole by this whole motherhood thing? Because it's obviously overwhelming for everybody once you bring a little alien baby in the house. Um, 
especially with first babies or newborns. So how can parents kind of come together as a couple and as a team to figure out who's best at what and how to get it all done and make it all happen without really like losing their sense of self in the meantime? Yeah. So the first uh, key, I think, is getting rid of any phrases that sound like pitching in. Um, if you're saying to your partner, um, hey, I'd really love if you pitch in with laundry, diapers, uh, feeding, anything like that, you're already setting it up like he's doing you a favor. He's not doing you a favor. He got you pregnant. So it's partly his duty, right? Um, <laughs> Takes two to right. tango. Takes two. That's what I've learned. Um, that is very true. So first of all, don't establish like pitching in because you already put yourself at a disadvantage. What instead you can do is set very clear expectations of here's what I, let, let's say the baby's even born already and you're starting to figure out these roles. You can set a clear expectation of, I would love if I can handle these things and make it clear, like uh, I know I'm already gonna have to do nursing and I'm gonna handle um, uh, the clothes and whatever it might be. Um, on your end, what do you feel comfortable doing and let him start to figure that out because he's got to grab something and then find out what the balance is. So in my house, uh, when our kids were, were very young, I was the person who got up a lot at night because it's, it was easier for me to go back to sleep quicker than my, than my wife. Um, you did that too. Yeah. So I would get up a lot in the middle of the night, but in the, early in the morning, whenever one of the kids would start crying again, my wife would get up and I get to sleep a little bit more on that end. So it's all about setting clear expectations for both people. It might be helpful if you have an idea as a mom, what he thinks you're going to be doing too. If you never verbalize it, it's kind of hard for either of you to get upset at the other person for not doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's, if I'm having some real talk here. If you're a mom who's upset with your partner that he hasn't done X, Y, and Z, but you've never literally said it to him, how can he know? And on the flip side, I would say very clearly, if the guy is, let's say, constantly frustrated because it's really crucially important to him that he still has like his one, one thing a month. It could be he likes to do this one thing with his group of friends. He always does it. And then that night comes around and that's the night you need him to kind of drop everything because the baby has a fever and you need him to watch, watch your daughter. Um, if he's never talked to you about that, like this is crucially important to me, and then he's like a, a jerk about it, you might not know where that's coming from. So it's important for both of you to say, here's the things that are like must-haves for me. Here's the things that I would love if I can get a little bit extra leeway on. Um, I know especially if you're doing uh, feeding throughout the night, that can be a really tricky one because everybody gets cranky and it's a lot. So if he's warming up the bottles if you're doing that or if he is putting the baby back to sleep and putting on a new diaper i mean we had twins so just imagine that that it was constantly it was like this revolving door we had like a fast food restaurant going on um <laughs> as my wife said she basically didn't have a top on for like months on end because you know? <laughs> uh, she's just constantly nursing somebody so it was cleaning the uh the, the pump parts and oh my got the pump parts everybody like you can get like a clear mental image of all the like the different things for the pump parts because everybody's seen it um or the bottles or whatever anything i could do to help her because i couldn't do the thing that she was doing so it's it's true so especially in the very beginning too i mean like you said it's like a it's like being at a 
restaurant, like a short order, short order cook with the boobs there, how yeah. I can feel like literally passing the baton in our relay race of keeping the kids alive. So poopy diapers, middle of the night feedings, a lot of it's kind of gross. Any tips for coming together as a couple and keeping the fire alive while embracing parenthood as a team? Because a lot of times people, people can get, I think, stuck in that rhythm. And then you're like, wait, um, what, what are we here? Because we're just <laughs> passing gross, yucky babies back and forth. And, yeah. you know, you have to like still be able to come together as a couple in a relationship and partnership at the end of the night. So what, what do you, what's your advice? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, <laughs> um, you have to be realistic, right? So yeah. there are going to be a few, like weeks, uh, like periods of weeks where um, the baby's got a fever and then they're doing blowouts every other day. And you're like, I don't even know what day it is anymore. You can't get frustrated with yourself and or your relationship if you're not like your normal couple self. Some days you're just like, we're going to make it through. It's okay. It's not always going to be like this. Things change. So have realistic expectations because otherwise you're setting yourself up to fail. With that in mind, it is so important that each of you looks at the other person as still the person that you married to begin with, right? Mm, your, yeah. your wife does not stop becoming a woman because she's a mom. Ooh. Your wife is still your wife. It is still the person who like lights the fire inside you and uh, makes you smile just because the way she looks. I mean, that's the person you married or your partner, whatever it might be. Um, she's a mom as well. So that probably add all the event the love you have for her, but you have to keep that person in mind. So if that's somehow finding a way to do a date night. Um, we still do date nights all the time. Um, there's no reason you can't still do that. It might just be sometimes you set aside a time where, we're just going to cuddle on the couch. We're not going to try to talk about the baby. We're just going to do a thing that we used to do, find a routine, but don't lose that. And don't make the only time you talk to your wife just about the baby. Uh, I've heard, I know couples who they don't talk about anything um, other than the baby for months and months. And then you, you're like, well, what, do we what are we about, about anymore? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't talk about the baby, what are we talking about? You still should have your outside interests. It's important to make sure the mom has time to do uh, an activity of hers. It's really important and vice versa for the dad because you're still people. You just mm -hmm. happen to have kids. I love that. We did that too where we did maybe we have like maybe five minutes tops at the right at the start of a date. If we have any other, anything we needed to say about the baby, something funny she did or whatever. And then otherwise it was no baby talk for the rest of the date. So works wonders. Yeah. And honestly, I figure if, if we could have fit in dates when we had three little kids, at one point we had three kids aged two and under. Mm -hmm. um, if, and we were running our improv troupe and I was working full time. My wife was teaching several college classes and we still, even if that part was more spaced out, we still found some time for each other. And now our kids are older. Um, it's easier to do babysitters and all that. We make that a priority you know you have to because one day your kids are going to be grown up and you're still going to be together and you can't just like well man remember when we had babies like that's not going to be enough right I love what you just said there though where you have to make the time and make it a priority because I always say that I think that is such a key difference in this whole from surviving to thriving thing is you literally just have to make the choice that you refuse to settle in this 
this land of survival mode only. You have to choose to take the necessary hard steps, prioritize your life a little differently, prioritize your choices a little differently, make hard choices, whatever the case might be, to get you to that next level in your life because you think it's worth it. And it is. Yeah, I think that's so key. So uh, I've heard before, and I, I love this, um, that a priority isn't a priority if you don't make it a priority. Yep. So if week after week, you're like, well, we never have time together and you get agitated and you're like, you feel disconnected, but you never find a way to fix it, then was it really a priority for you? And if it is, great, but if it's not, you can't keep bringing it up yeah. on either side. That's not fair. Um, so you've got to find a way to make that a priority. Exactly. So can you give any moms out there listening, maybe a few ideas for conversation starters to get on the same page with dad and figure out some sort of roadmap moving forward? Because I know I, for one, like maps and directions and knowing where I'm going as much as possible, but it can feel really intimidating if you're not sure how to have that talk and, or if you don't want feelings to get hurt in the middle, because obviously when you've got something like pride or egos involved and a totally unknown territory, it can be mm -hmm. really scary and really hard. So how, what do you think is a good way to kind of start a conversation that might feel very new, very unknown, where you just want to get on the same page and you have the best of intentions and you just don't know where to start? Um, so I think it's important to have best intentions, first of all. Assume best intentions on their part. Um, and then have best intentions on yours where you're not trying to play a game of gotcha or uh, almost assume that they're trying to get out of something or whatever it is. Like assume they really want to be involved and there's something blocking that. You can ask some, some candid questions as well. Um, it's not going to help you if out of the blue, you just looked at them and say, so what are all your worries about becoming a dad? Like that's not cool. <laughs> Um, but I think showing some vulnerability on your side can go pretty far. So I mentioned about having some kind of dialogue of I'm worried about this. I'm stressed about this as a mom. I feel like uh, I'm not doing anything right or you know, whatever. I think a lot of moms can relate to that. But then bring it back to him. of like, have you felt like that as a dad? Um, because I know I feel like that as a mom and let him try to take that where he can. Um, if you see him doing something really awesome with your kid, um, one of those like nice, like quiet, tender moments that you don't get too much, um, it's helpful to talk to him, not about how it's an Instagram worthy moment or anything like that, because sometimes that's what life seems to be. It's like, what's the next picture? Um, but more about like, I was loved how you were just connecting with our son, uh, like that. Um, if I can, I'm going to find another way to give you time to do that so that he knows that's something you really value and that he doesn't have to feel like he's not being like productive if he just wants to like snuggle and do some skin to skin with your baby. Right. Mm -hmm. um, especially for guys who really value productivity. I'm certainly that way. I'm always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And once I realized that my wife was okay, if I just wanted to like hold our son and just, chill with him for a bit that helped a lot she was really good all along about setting clear expectations and having a communication of what she really valued and that helped me a lot that's awesome that's great advice so um tell us all about your new book because it's so exciting and it comes out on the 25th right yeah so uh the, it's the new mom's guide to new dads uh, i 
hope that I guess in the sense that the title gets to be a little bit self-explanatory because it's all about helping any new mom understand what in the world is happening in the head of a new dad. Um, you will find lots of books that help new moms be a new a new mom or new dads be a new dad, but there's not a lot of like crossover, mm-hmm. which is crazy when you think about it. Because if there's one big mystery beyond like what do you do with a baby, it's what's up with the guy who's also in the room, like what's going on in his head. So this book, uh, which I've been working on for the past few few years, as I've like gathered stories and uh, done research and everything, is it's a, a practical guide like there's some hands-on actionable advice throughout mm-hmm. um, but hopefully some relatable stories that'll make um, moms go oh oh my gosh that sounds exactly like what I'm going through um, so you can kind of connect the dots more uh, there's even a couple of chapters in there just for dads um, kind of some straight talk for dads where I even literally say like pass this over to uh, your partner let them read this and it's having some frank talk of okay you got to step up here because that's what your partner deserves and i know you could do it and there's a lot of confidence boosting that's awesome um, yeah so uh, the paperback in the ebook um are just coming out which is super exciting uh, something i've worked for for a while I was a parenting blogger uh for a long time and i wrote a column as well so this is like the nice next step for me absolutely Awesome. So I want to ask, I want to close out by asking you a question that I ask all guests who come on the Thrive podcast. And that is, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? Uh, first of all, I want to put strive to thrive on like a tattoo on me. I yes. think that's, it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. I love it so much. Um, so I think thrive for me means that every, with everything I do, I'm finding the I'm putting the best energy I can toward it. Um, I have realized I can't be 100% uh, of everything for everybody, but what I can do is figure out what the priorities are in my life and put my best energy toward it. And that's helped me thrive a lot. I have a lot of jobs I really like to do. I get to do marketing full-time. I get to do comedy. Um, I get to do a lot of writing. I love all those things. And I get to be a dad and I can invest the amount of energy I want for them because I'm not wasting it on stuff that doesn't matter to me. Mm. Um, um, My wife and I put a big effort on it. Well, usually like seeing friends a lot um, and connecting with them and not worrying about people who like don't matter. And you know what I mean by that? Like the people who are just bringing you down. Um, So that's helped us a lot. And I think that's helped us thrive. That's awesome. I love that. And it goes back to when people say, how do you do it all? It really does come back to prioritizing what is important to you. And when yeah. you are prioritizing the right things, you find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And all doesn't mean all, all the time. Correct. Yeah. So uh, if you see a mom or dad on Instagram, because that's where we go, right? And you're just like, man, how are they doing all those things? They're not doing all those things all the time. Right. Um, but if they're being genuine, they're saying, I am fully in these moments and I'm enjoying these moments and appreciating them for what they have. Um, but they're not trying to be everything to everybody. You can't do that. No, you cannot. Absolutely not. So Andy, where can people find you online and how can folks get, a, get their hands on a copy of the new mom's guide to new dads? Okay, so uh, anybody can find me uh, by looking for Instafather Andy. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. So look for Instafather Andy. Um, and then for 
uh, my book, um, instafather.com. Um, you can find a link there, but also it'll be on Amazon. So, and at some point, hopefully have it on uh, Barnes and Noble and everything else as well. But just look for New Mom's Guide for New Dads on Amazon. You can get a, a copy and I'd love to hear any moms out there, any dads, love to hear your feedback and, and how you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on Thrive, Andy. It's always so much fun. Thank you so much. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get that Thrive tattoo. Yes, right Thrive Thrive. So, perfect. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.